Psalm 128 tonight. As one of the Psalms of Ascent, as these pilgrim travelers were traveling to Jerusalem to worship the Lord, this psalm was a reminder to them that before they even had the chance to get there and to bless the Lord, in a sense, the Lord was already and had already blessed them. And it's a reminder to us that those who come to bless the Lord are blessed. I want us to remember that tonight. You know, these folks, they went through a lot to get to the temple in Jerusalem and, and to worship the Lord, and yet God had blessed them and was going to bless them for that. And a lot of times in our life, it's like the more challenges we have, say, to, to come and worship the Lord together as God's people, it seems like the more we get out of it, if we can just push through and get there, because God has a blessing for those who seek out to bless Him. And that's what this psalm is all about tonight. It's about the blessing of God. I'd like to just read these six verses. We're going to see tonight that the word blessed is used four different times in this psalm. It is actually two different Hebrew words translated blessed. And we'll share with you the difference in just a little bit. So this is a song of ascents. We don't know who the author is, but the song goes like this. How blessed is every one of the Lord's loyal followers, each one who keeps his commands. You will eat what you worked so hard to grow. You will be blessed and secure. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine in the inner rooms of your house. Your children will be like olive branches as they sit all around your table. Yes, indeed, the man who fears the Lord will be blessed in this way. May the Lord bless you from Zion, that you might see Jerusalem prosper all the days of your life, and that you might see your grandchildren. May Israel experience peace. The main point of this psalm, is to say to us that the blessings that we enjoy as the people of God are so much more substantial than any of the blessings that the people of the world enjoy. Because true blessing can only come from God. God is the source of true blessing. And it's also very necessary to study and read this psalm in the hedonistic age in which we live. Where even as Paul said in 2 Timothy, there will come a time where people will love pleasure more than they will love God. And yet in this psalm, we see that true joy and happiness, true blessing and contentment is actually found for the Lord's people in three things. In the work that we do, in the homes in which we live, and in the worship that we offer to God. One of the things that you and I will notice in this psalm is that God is saying to us 
that you in, in Him, and only in Him, will be able to find blessing and joy and happiness and contentment and all of that in the very simple things of life, if you will, the everyday routine things of life that for many people it gets, you know, monotonous and, and it gets boring and it's the same old, same old every day. And God is saying, no, no, you don't understand. As the people of God, it's actually in those very simple things of life that true blessing flows. In fact, what God is going to remind us of here, and He's going to use the family as, as an example, but the principle is the same, that many times the blessing of God every day is right in front of us. Whether it's the people that we see most, or, or those that we're closest to, or even the things that we're involved in. So often today, people look past the very blessings that are standing right in front of them, because they're looking for something else or something more, instead of realizing that with God and walking with God, we can actually find blessing in the very simple things around us. That's an important thing for all of us to remember. It's something even here, though, it will come at the end that I just want to say to you tonight. That one of the blessings is that God is saying, you all get to worship together and be together. And I want you to know that I love that. I, I love being with all of you and doing life and ministry with you. And you are such a blessing. And I don't ever want to look past the blessing that you all are in my life. Because you're there every day, whether it's in my thoughts, in my prayers, in my mind, in my heart. That's where you are, and that's what God wants us to see. Well, notice in the first verse, how blessed is everyone of the Lord's loyal followers. The first two times the word blessed is used in this psalm, verse 1, and then at the end of verse 2, it is the Hebrew word esher, and it means happy. Happy is everyone. In other words, every one of God's people potentially can be a happy person. It is the very same word that's used in the very first psalm to sort of kick off the book of psalms or songs. Remember in Psalm 1? Blessed is the one who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful, but his love is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water who brings forth its fruit in due season. Whatever he does shall prosper. Blessed, happy, happy is the one. You see and God is saying, you in me can really be happy. Sad to say, how many Christians are not happy, not joyful. And I'm not saying that we don't have times of discouragement and depression and all of that that we can struggle with, we absolutely do. And we're going to talk about that in just a couple weeks. 
in Psalm 130. Notice he says from the deep water, verse 1 of Psalm 130, I cry out to you. So there are deep waters. There are times where we're down. But God ultimately wants our life to reflect a happiness, a joy because of the blessing that we are living in and living under because of Him. So it's open to everyone, as he says here. But the prerequisite, if you will, or, or the, 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 the condition is that we be a loyal follower. Now the word used here in verse 1 for loyal follower is the very same word that's translated in the Net Bible in verse 4, the man who fears the Lord. Same word. And it speaks about one who has a profound respect for God. So God is saying, you actually will find your happiness if you live your life with a profound respect for me. All through the wisdom literature of the Old Testament, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, the Bible talks about how the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Well, here the psalmist is saying the fear of the Lord, if you will, that healthy respect for God is actually also the beginning of being happy in our life. That if we are not giving the Lord proper respect, then we will miss out on the blessing and the happiness that we could have because of that. He also says that we flesh out our loyal following, if you will, our profound respect for God, verse 1, by keeping His commands, by stepping in the footprints that He has literally laid down for us. That's what the word means. I love that. In other words, God has stepped here, and we as His loyal followers just keep stepping in the footprints of God that He has laid out for us. And so often, down through history, whether even in the Old or New Testament, the people of God sometimes, well, God, I, I don't know what you expect of me. I, I don't know what you want from me. Well, first of all, God has given us His Word to clearly, I think, show us what He expects of us. But even in the Old Testament, even before the Old Testament was completed and they had the Old Testament, the people of God still knew what God expected of them because He had revealed Himself to them, whether it was through leaders or prophets or priests. Listen to this verse from the prophet Micah. When the people said, God, we don't know what you want us to do. The prophet Micah says, He has told you, O man, what is good, what the Lord really wants from you. He wants you to promote justice, to be faithful, and to live obediently before your God. Micah 6, verse 8. He know, He's told you. You know what He expects from you. Have a profound respect for God. Happy is the man who has profound respect for the Lord. And so, 
He starts off there. But then notice what he says in verse 2. You will eat what you worked so hard to grow. This is not health and wealth gospel. This, This is simply reminding us that in our work, yeah, our work, our work every day, whatever that work looks like, that so often, even for us, can be very mundane and routine and monotonous and just sometimes even drudgery. God says, through me, in me, if you have profound respect for me, you can actually find meaning and fulfillment and satisfaction and blessing and joy and happiness in your work. Wow. Think about how many even Christians go to work or even in their own home, they work and yet find no joy or blessing in the work every day. And yet God says to us, are you looking past one of the very things that I'm telling you I will bless you in if you profoundly respect me and follow me and walk in my commandments? How do we find joy and blessing and happiness in our work? Well, a couple things here. First of all, if we are a loyal follower of God and we have obeyed Him, then we have allowed ourselves to be in a place where whatever we are doing for a living or at that moment, whatever work or responsibility we're taking on each day, It is what God has led us to and what God has equipped us for, what He has given us the skills and abilities to do. So God says even to His people, you realize that just, first of all, the health and the strength and the breath and everything that you have to get up every day and to do whatever your work is, that's a blessing because not everybody has the health and the strength and the breath to be able to get up every day and move and walk on two legs and use two arms and all of that to be able to do something. And then God says, you realize that in your work, whatever responsibility you are doing, That is your opportunity as a person of God to deploy your skills and abilities that God has entrusted to you and to develop those skills and abilities. And that we, as God's people, should find real blessing and joy in that because God, through our work, is giving us opportunity to use the skills and abilities that He's given to us when He created us and made us And we can develop those skills and abilities and sharpen them in our work. That should be something that brings, again, fulfillment, satisfaction, blessing, joy, and happiness to us in our work every day. Now, I will say this. There are some Christians that have never bothered to try to find where the Lord wants them in their life and work. So, they are pretty frustrated because they are not in a place where they feel like they are deploying or developing the skills and abilities that God has given them. And yet, I will say this. Even in seasons where you might not think you're in the right place, 
maybe God did lead you there and that God is using that season to sharpen some other things in your life even beyond your skills and abilities. I mean, again, let's use a very familiar Bible story, Joseph who spent all that time in prison. And, you know, you and I would say, oh, all those years of Joseph being such a sharp guy. I mean, he had to be a sharp guy. Look at how he managed the the drought in Egypt and his wisdom from you and his insight and all of that and how he was only under Pharaoh as far as his position at that that one point. But God, you, you let him sort of just languish for years in prison. No. God was sharpening some other things. And plus, Joseph had to get to a place where he could humble himself before God and be humbled before God and get to a place where he could forgive his brothers for what they had done to him before he could be elevated to such a high position. So sometimes you and I, again, if we're walking with the Lord, we can even see joy and blessing in sometimes the things in the places that maybe we don't see ourselves and maybe we won't be there for long, but where God has us and he has us there for a reason. Then he says this, you will be blessed, happy, verse two, and secure. That's a bad translation to me because here's what the Hebrew word means. Life will be sweet and beautiful. That's what the word means. The best that life can be on earth. Again, life on earth isn't the best for us. We've got a better place we're going to go one day. But as far as earth goes, the one who is the Lord's loyal follower and is willing to have profound respect for God every day and obey His commands, can even find blessing in their work every day as they work hard, use the skills and abilities and talents and everything that God has given them, developing those skills and abilities and talents, using them to bless others around them to make their life and other people's lives better, And God says, you realize that on this earth, that's a sweet and beautiful thing that you get to do. And that you should be able to gain blessing from that. You and I should be able to, at the end of our day, however hard we have worked, to, to, you know, lie down at night on our bed or even just sit there in, in a chair before we go to bed at night and go... God, thank you. It, it's, it's maybe been a long day and a hard day, but God, you've given me the health and the ability and the strength to get done all these things today. And I know that through you, I, there's, there's a sense of satisfaction and joy and happiness in all that I've done because I know I'm making a difference. I know my life is making a difference and that I use the skills and abilities and talents that you put in me when you created me today. And, and I, I developed some of those and I used those. And so, God, I, I know I'm blessed. Blessed. Then he moves from workplace or work of any kind to the home. 
And he says, a person... Now, he's speaking here specifically in this psalm to a husband, to the leader of the home. And he's saying, do you realize, husband, if you're married, and again, not everybody's married, and if you have children, here's the principle, though, so we can apply this to anybody. He's saying, if you are in a good place with God, so I'm going to use the husband here, because he does. Husband, if you are in a good place with God, and you are living your life every day the way God wants you to, do you realize the blessing then that you can be to your spouse and to your children every day and that you can recognize that the people right around you every day are a blessing from me? I love what he says here about the wife of the husband. He says, your wife will be like a fruitful vine in the inner rooms of your house. And then he goes on to say, and your children will be like olive branches. Why grape vines and why olive trees? Because grape vines and olive trees in Israel were signs of prosperity. Signs of blessing. And here's what he's saying to the husband here. And again, I'm going to apply this, though, down the line. Because again, not all of us are married. Not all of us have children at this point or whatever. But the principle will be the same. Listen to what he's saying. To the man here, to the husband, he's saying, if you're in the right place with me, guess what's going to happen to your wife? You, by being a loyal follower of the Lord, will create in your home such an environment that your wife, your spouse, will flourish and blossom. That's what the words mean in the Hebrew. In other words, she will be able to flourish and blossom under your loving, supportive leadership as her husband. And so will your children. Your children will blossom and flourish under your loving, supportive leadership. Wow. That's the way the home is supposed to operate. That's the standard. And then think about that all through our relationships. So here's what God is saying. God is saying to us, let's move past the home. God is saying for me as an individual, if I'm in the right place with God and I understand that I'm being blessed by God every day and that I'm living in the blessing of God every day, then I should be able to be a blessing to everyone that I spend time with and that anyone that spends time with me I should be creating an environment around me to where they will blossom and they will flourish by being with me, by being with you. And that you, in turn, have people in your life that if you spend time with them, the environment around them is such that you can blossom and flourish in and around them. It's why God tells us that we should be and want to be like trees and like palm trees and stuff. And he uses that imagery because he's saying you realize that these trees not only provide fruit to nourish, but they provide, you know, shade. And that we, that should be the way our life is. 
that when you and I are living in the blessing of God and understanding and acknowledging that blessing, everyone around us should be in an environment where they can blossom and flourish. What a challenge, right? And that's why even in a, a church, again, moving past the home, it should happen in the home, that even in the church, that's why God calls us together. So that hopefully, if all of us are living in that blessed place with God, then we in turn can be a blessing to others. And in a sense, everywhere we go, anyone we spend time with, and and the people that we spend time with, they are blossoming and flourishing because of our lives. They are filled grape vines with these you know, clusters of just big, juicy, plump grapes. And they are like these olive trees that are just, you know, dripping with these olives that just, just a little pressing and that great olive oil just oozes out. That's the picture that he's giving here. And again, he's also saying this. He's also reminding these folks as they were traveling to the temple to worship the Lord that, that, as they sort of left their work for a time and they picked up their families and they went towards the temple that the people that they were traveling to the temple with and the people that they were spending time with every day, whether it be their family or their close friends or or their associates or companions and all of that, that they should look at them as a great blessing from God. The people around them all the time, every day. You're blessed. Which is why, notice, he says to the father, to the husband, not only will your wife be a fruitful vine, oh, by the way, I wanted to say this about the wife in verse 3, in the inner rooms or literally recesses of your house, he's reminding the husband, you realize that a lot of what your wife does, she does behind the scenes when where nobody notices, but God does, type of thing. In those back rooms, She's not out there a lot of times doing things out front, but she's basically keeping the home running the way it should in those back rooms back there where nobody sees what she's, all that she's doing. And then he says this, your children will be like olive branches as they sit all around your table. Notice he's saying there, the people that you sit with every night to eat dinner with, do you literally look at them as like, wow, Look at how God has blessed me. And you think about this. I mean, I I think about how many even Christian homes tonight are not places in a sense of blessing. They are more like battlefields. And, And they are not places where we are looking around at the people that we're living with and doing life with every day as a blessing, We're looking at them more as a burden. And I realize there's reality there at times. But God wants us to see, here's how I really meant it to be. This is how I meant the home to be. This is how I meant friendships to be. This is how I meant the church to be. I meant it to be a place 
where everyone was living and acknowledging the blessing of God in their life through the very relationships that were right in front of them every day and through the work that was right there every day with them. So that as they lived their life, they could live it in such a way that they created an environment where everyone could blossom and flourish in their presence. And where they could find people to where they could blossom and flourish in their presence as well. What a concept. And then, once again, the psalmist in verse 4 repeats it. He said, yes, indeed, the man who has profound respect for the Lord will be blessed, notice, in this way. What way? Well, masterfully, he's going back to what he just said about the home relationships, but then he's looking forward to the corporate worship relationships when he says in verse 5, May the Lord bless you, prosper you from Zion, and that you might see Jerusalem prosper. Listen, folks, Zion and Jerusalem in the Old Testament are code words. They are code words for where people of God gathered to worship Him. In other words, he's talking here about not only our work and our home life, but about our gathering together as God's people to worship Him, which is exactly what these people were doing, right? They were headed to Jerusalem, to the temple, to worship God corporately. And God says, you will be blessed if you follow me and and come to Jerusalem and worship me together. You will prosper. I love this. The word prosper in verse 5 for Jerusalem. He's saying that you might see Jerusalem in all its beauty. That you might see Jerusalem at its best. That's what the word means. Why? Because if Jerusalem is prospering, that means the temple of God is prospering, and that means the people of God are prospering. That means the homes there that are represented are prospering. In other words, it's the trickle-down effect. And God understands that principle. It'd be just like us saying, let's just be real pragmatic about this. It'd be like us saying, God, we want the Oasis Church to prosper. Because if the Oasis Church prospers, then we all prosper, and our homes and families prosper, and our communities prosper. That's what he's saying here. And he's saying, like we talked about a a couple weeks ago, don't look past the blessing that you have all the time to do this together. Don't take this for granted, because it might not always be. And how many people, again, as I said a couple weeks ago, in the world would love to have the opportunity to come to a cafeteria and worship the Lord and hear His Word? I'll just share this quickly, and I've got to wrap it up. After the Revelation seminar, I got feedback that people in Africa, Asia, South America... Europe, all over the world have been downloading that and listening to it. And it, 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 it's humbling to me because I think to myself, because some of those people I'm hearing from, they are people that they never get that. They will, you know, they never get those opportunities. 
They get them maybe on podcasts, but it's not the same as actually being there. That's what I, I mean. Listen, I, I love the fact that we tape these and that we have podcasts of them so that people, if they just can't be here on Wednesday night or Sunday, they get to listen to them. But you have to understand, right, and I, I think we all do, that it cannot ever take the place of actually being there. Because the Holy Spirit creates a dynamic that is there that cannot be translated over earphones and earbuds and, and all of that on a tape. You can't, you can't duplicate the, the feeling that is happening in the room, what the Holy Spirit is doing when He's moving and working. You can't do, you can get the same information, but you can't recreate the dynamic of the Holy Spirit. And what God is saying to us is let's not take these opportunities that we get to come together and to be together for granted. They are in those moments. We should recognize those as the blessing of God. God is blessing us because we have the opportunities to do this. And of course, I love the whole line about all the days of your life and that you might see your grandchildren. Because I'm there. And all he's saying is, I'm hoping that this season of prosperity and blessing will be extended. That's what he, that's what he meant by saying, oh, and that it'll, it'll run so long that you'll actually see this season of blessing all the way through till you see your grandchildren. And then he says this, may Israel experience peace. By the way, that word peace is the welfare and prosperity that can only be found in God. And that's why, again, true blessing can only come from God. God is the only source of true blessing. And that's why, again, this psalm is all about being blessed because the psalmist is reminding us that as the people of God, the blessing that we enjoy from God is so far more substantial than any blessing that the people of the world can enjoy. Because it's only when you and I are living in relationship and fellowship with God can we really even enjoy the things that we should enjoy. I'll leave you with this. I know I'm running over, but to turn real quickly to the book of Ecclesiastes real quick. I want to share these verses with you because they go along with the message tonight so well. Ecclesiastes 5, 18 and 19. Well, and we'll do 22. It's all, it's all there together. Ecclesiastes 5, 18 through 20. I have seen personally what is the only beneficial and appropriate course of action for people. To eat and drink. We've got that down. Okay? But here's the next part. And find enjoyment in all their hard work on earth during the few days of their life which God has given them, for this is their reward. To every man, to every woman whom God has given wealth and possessions, He has also given him the ability to eat from them and notice, to receive his reward and to find enjoyment in his toil, in her toil. These things are the gift of God. Don't miss the fact that Solomon is saying the ability to enjoy the simple things of life that so many other people look past. Work, home, the worship, church life. These are the things that God said, if you do these the way I'm telling you to do them, 
you will find, because I'll give you the gift of being able to enjoy those things. And then he says this, for he does not think, meaning most of us on earth while we're alive, we don't think much about the fleeting days of our lives, how quickly life goes by, because God keeps us preoccupied with the joy we derive from our activity. Psalm 128, the blessing of God. May we leave here tonight more than ever realizing just how blessed we are. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for all the joys, for all the happiness and the contentment, the satisfaction and the fulfillment that we can only find in and through you. So often, Lord, we look past the very things in our life that should be bringing us joy and enjoyment. We're always going after the next big thrill thing out in the world. Whatever the world has to offer is better than what we already have. We confess, Lord, so often our discontentment. But Lord, this psalm is reminding us that if we live our life with a profound respect for You, and we follow You, and we walk in Your ways, that God, even in the very simple, ordinary, sometimes very mundane routines of life, of home, of work, of church, God, that's where the real joys and enjoyment of life can be found. So God, I pray tonight that all of us will not look past the blessings that are right in front of us, God, but that we will realize how blessed we are and that we will live a life in your blessing so that we can be a blessing to others so that others around us can flourish and blossom because of us. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Before I let you go, I want to look at every one of you, and I want you to know you are a blessing to me. I am blessed because of you. Thanks for being here. Good night. We'll see you.